Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring the one and only Ramon Foster. Uh, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this program is brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are always open for business with hot, fresh food. Moan, what's going on? Not much, man. If I can be real with you, it's like 70 degrees in Tennessee right now. So I'll take that. I've I've never been a a summertime guy, but your boy's ready for some sun and warmth, man. That's all I'm going to say. I'll take it. I'm not sure what you're dealing with, but that's where I am today. Well, I'll I'll take my 52 and... And semi partly cloudy and whatever. But did you notice that I have the window open? Look, see, window open. That's pleasant right there. I'll take that all day, too. That's usually my norm, like my perfect weather condition. But hey, I needed some sun, man. We had actual snow and ice this year. Yeah. I, I, my my sympathies. Flowers are on the way <laughs> to Hendersonville, Tennessee. <laughs> Own, uh, the NFL scouting combine opened yesterday, but really. It got going with the quarterbacks yeah, uh, yeah. today. And Malik Willis uh, spoke with the media. Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. spoke with the media. And everyone in Pittsburgh is going to be like photoshopping Steelers uniforms mm-hmm. on these guys. Or for that matter, I actually saw earlier today in a bar yeah. Photoshop of uh, Steelers uniform on Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I, I've seen that. I've seen Jameis Winston. Jameis um, there's a few guys that's on that list. Is like, oh, Car- oh, Carson Wentz. Carson has been Wentz. on there also. Yep. So I, I mean, computers are wild, and the Photoshop machine is very strong in free agency. So NFL offseason, man. Well, let's talk about what's already here. The number of quarterbacks who are under contract to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022 is one. Mm. Only Mason Rudolph has a contract now. Wow. Kevin wow. Colbert and everyone has said that they will be tendering Dwayne Haskins. So, yeah. really, we're talking about two. But technically, it's one. And you've played with the one. You've mm-hmm. been in a huddle mm-hmm. with the one. With no preconceived notion. And you're not there anymore. You don't have to worry about being yeah. in the locker room. And if no. I just want to hear your impressions of number two having a full season as an NFL starter. My impressions of it, okay, so I've seen other quarterbacks come into that locker room behind seven for a long time, okay? Mm-hmm. And the majority of them know the role that they're going to play. I'm here to hold the clipboard. I'm here to learn from Ben. If Ben goes out and does a Ben-like thing, then I'll be ready to go, but Ben is going to come back. That's always been a mentality of, of most, most backups, you know, guys that are drafted at that position is they know – their position mason hasn't necessarily always taken that approach he i think has studied more than other young quarterbacks coming in he possessed like he he really puts himself in a position where he wants to be known as a guy that's serious about his profession also meaning i'm not just a clipboard holder if you need me to throw extra balls so you have to practice i'm gonna do it for you but i'm also gonna do it for me his if you know him then you know he's a guy that feels very certain about himself and about being a pro and not want to be one of those three years or four years in a Steelers uh, uniform and then he's bouncing from team to team to team to team. I don't I don't think Ben ever saw Mason as a threat, but Mason always, I felt like, pushed the envelope when it came to saying, I'm not just a guy behind Ben. And I knew he knew he wasn't going to play, but you asked me what kind of guy he was. That's the type of guy he was when he was in the huddle. You you Mason was, was kind of quiet. You know, no. 
no, check that. He wasn't yeah, quiet. Uh, was you had to tell him to be quiet. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm thinking I would never correct you on something in no, the huddle, but no. I was standing on the side of the, uh, the field and you could hear him four miles away. And I'm thinking, yeah. what, quiet? Telling, like, giving out the place, like, he's very exacto about everything that he's doing. Right. Like, giving out the play, just he'd reel off a play, like, whoa, you are really into this. And that's because he wanted to be taken serious about it. It was times in the game, like, hey, Mace, Mace, hey, hey, lower it down a little bit. Okay, they can hear the play on the other side, especially <laughs> the run plays. I don't give a damn about the passing plays, but yeah, the yeah. running plays, they're going to hear 34 gap. Me they're, yeah, blowing me gap. Blowing hey, me Moan, up his, very first, his very first drills yeah. at his very first rookie camp, and you yeah. weren't there because you were a veteran, uh-huh. he took the field. And you're thinking, oh, okay, here's here's third round pick. This is the guy that, and it was like right yeah. after Ben had criticized the pick, and I remember all that stuff. <laughs> I remember he yeah. needed a linebacker and all that. And he goes out there. I'm not going to do a very good Mason impression here, but he'd get into the huddle, yeah. and you'd hear, yeah, and it's not at all what he looks like. No, is it? And it's because the position that he's playing, he's kind of just putting it on front street. I demand that you look and listen to me. Yeah. That's always been his tempo. It's not just, man, I'm just getting through the reps with him. So I'm sure a guy, and I haven't spoken to him about, you know, how he's feeling yeah. and the rumors and the conversation around this guy, that guy, that guy. Um, but I would guarantee you he's pissed. Um, we saw a head coach, Mike McCarthy, you know, in Dallas. You know, the conversation about he's just a holdover to Sean Payton can come to Dallas to be the head coach in Dallas. And the first thing that he said was that's that's uh, a conversation I'd rather not be involved in, you know, because of those type of rumors that are going around. And as much connectivity we have as a world now, Mason is getting the alerts. Somebody is bringing it up. I'm sure he's working out right now thinking of those things. And it ain't disrespectful. It's just the beast of what the business is. But. Mason is a guy that can handle, I feel like, that pressure. Um, if we, if you were to ask me who's going to be the starter in the fall, I'd probably lean more to him right now. Um, whether they go get a first-rounder that's yet to be seen or whether what Dwayne can do, Dwayne Haskins, we didn't see much from him anyhow, but I think Mason's going to get at least one year of starting. Well, that's the thing that I keep bringing up, Bone. When you're talking about giving him a year of starting, yeah, okay. When when you're out there on the field with him in 2019, when he's thrown to the wolves in week three yeah. in Santa Clara, and by the way, almost won that game against yes. who? Against yes, who? Uh, was it the Niners? Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G. Yeah, and we could have, could have, should have, could have, should have. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I they know. Played a heck of a game. I know. Okay, I was they out played there. a heck of a yep. game. Sure did. Yeah. yeah. And that Absolutely. was and that was thrown to the wolves. Yes, okay. it, against a really good defense. Yep. Uh, and, and a team that had a veteran. Yes, they went to the Super Bowl. Come on now. Come on now. Yep. So, where he's concerned. The way one of the things that I keep bringing up, and it's not to be a Mason apologist or any of these no. other phrases that everybody has, he has yet to have an NFL season playing in a Mason Rudolph offense, yes. an offense that you design to his skill set, mm-hmm. not to those of Ben Roethlisberger. And that's the thing that keeps jumping out at me here, and that's why I believe that when Kevin Colbert and Art Rooney have kind of thrown these hints out here over the past week or so, yeah. that Mason's, you know, you know, if the season started right now, he's our guy. I really believe that that's what they're referring to—that they're ready to set it up for him. 
I, I do too, but the only thing I question is the love affair for Malik Willis, unless they feel like they just want to get as much intel as they can from him through this draft process because they may see him at some other point in his career. But yeah. that's not they, they totally did that true. With just, they did that with Justin Fields, though. They really. did. And everyone was, oh, Steelers love Justin Fields. They're going to move up. They're going to get him. They're going to get him. No, no, they're not. A, a lot of it is intel and smoke and mirrors sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I believe it. Some because they're interviewing they're talking to them but you know like i know the front office and execs of teams they do a lot of interviewing conversating throwing clues over here and suggesting one thing or another uh well, let's let's put it this way you do get malik willis you, you get a, a nice arm you get an athletic quarterback also that can move the pocket again i still don't know if we know what matt canada's offense is we don't know if he wants a mobile quarterback because if Kev is saying my last duties are to say Mason is the starting quarterback potentially moving forward or the entire front office is saying Mason's the guy, okay, he's not mobile. He can run, but he's not mobile. Dwayne Haskins, I don't think has ever been known as a mobile quarterback either. So you got two guys on your roster that are just like, okay, what tricks and, 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 and treats do you have for this offense? Because if that's the case, it doesn't matter what Matt Canada puts out there. It's not going to be for Malik Willis. It's not. Who is this offense actually for? Because if, to me, if you got three, you got none, really. Hmm. Because neither one of those guys are like the other. Yeah. So if you were to say, who is my pinpoint for a year? I point to Mason simply because Malik going to have to learn coming from a smaller school. Yeah. Dwayne still is in a learning phase also. The most common cushiest answer says Mason Rudolph. But again, I charge all of that to say, well, how much different is Mason? Aside from the accolades in a 20-year career that Ben had, can he do for that offense? It's Matt Canada that I'm more worried about than it is Mason Rudolph. Can't argue that at all. When we come back, we're going to do something unseemly and put the ball on the ground. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open for business and serving hot food around the clock. Ramon, there's a lot of different ways to cater an offense yeah. to a quarterback. So when, whenever I said in the first segment, uh, well, I mean, you know, there you have to make a Mason Rudolph-type offense, there might be some kind of thought mm-hmm. process immediately that goes, Oh, you mean like the kind of pass patterns that he prefers and so forth? Well, no, not necessarily. Right. What about running the football? What about getting the most out of your first-round pick? And what about instead of dreaming about hmm. first-round picks on quarterbacks, that you go out and invest a first-round pick on? Offensive line. Wow. Yeah. Uh-oh. Come in handy either way. Either way it would, and that's going to be a spot in which you don't know what you're going to get from Chooks. You don't know what you want to do with with, uh, the young fella Green. Um, Your position at right guard is going to be pretty sketchy on depending on what you want to do. I don't know if LeGlue is a uh, free agent or not. There's a lot of open gaps right there, and if you're going to stockpile offensive linemen, this is the year. Just in general, I've just been looking at this group like they got some real studs, and mind you, Yeah, tackles, but also interior also. 
and interior guys are are pretty solid in this draft too. You're gonna get some guys that might not just jump off the uh jump off the board for you as far as just their talents, but you got some six year seniors, you got some talented guys also just played a whole lot of ball, and not only that. You get an opportunity to pair them with another younger offense, offense, because this Steelers offense is going to be relatively young. Yes, very much so. And then it's a building block also to say, hey, look, we got to find a way to get Najee going because the best complement to a quarterback is a really good run game. And I think I like Najee made Pro Bowl last year. And you kind of side-eyed a little bit because you're thinking to yourself, if he had just a little bit better offensive line, he wouldn't have been an alternate. He'd have been a big choice. He'd have been a first choice yeah, yeah, right to make the, the Pro yeah. Bowl. You know, the talent is there for him. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He can make people miss. And he's got good enough breakaway speed to where he can at least get you those explosive plays. Running plays, 20 yards is, is an explosive plays. I think he can do those things. He is a Pittsburgh type. Well, he can't do the job if he doesn't have the OL in front of him. And like you said, that's the most cliche thing ever. But I think you bank two things if you do go after offensive line. In this position right now, you don't have the skits, you know, just 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 scared veteran guy that's like, man, I'm tired of getting hit. Truth be told, you got a luxury to say, if I put a young guy out there, let him grow. If Mason, if Dwayne, if whoever else isn't the guy, then at least the young tackle or guard can get enough experience to where when the veteran comes in or when the new first rounder come in, if that's the case, he's got enough experience to where he knows the game. Wait, you get did time. you just did you just basically serve up Mason Rudolph as a rag doll here? I did not, but what it I'm sure telling you, sounded like it. I, well, 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 let me tell you this: Ben won two Super Bowls before I got there, and if All I right. missed the block, it was totally different from a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh-huh. To whereas Mason, to whereas Mason is behind, and I give up a sack, I'd be like, "Hey, Mason, I got you. Be cool." Okay, <laughs> that's two <laughs> different conversations. Okay. All right. All right. But you, you get the experience, and you're, you're playing in AFC North. I tell people that all the time. I, I saw a the season of lies right now is the offseason. I saw a Saquon would go. Somebody proposed Saquon Barkley going to Baltimore. Yeah, I'm thinking that. to myself, I mean, the running backs do they need, yeah, number seven, one. apparently. Yeah. But I'm also looking at it and just saying to myself, well, um, but he can come to the AFC North if you want to, but this is a hard-running, run-stopping league also as far as the AFC North division goes. You got to have the O line. I think one of they can, uh, same thing with Baltimore. They can go get a running back all they want to, but they're looking at the same issues that Pittsburgh is. What are they going to do about that offensive line? Yeah. I mean, it's offensive line. I want to throw another component into it. And, you know, I never hear anybody really talk about this much. Anytime we talk about running back, it's all about the running game. We talk mm-hmm. about principally the running back. We agree mm-hmm. that that's in place. We talk about the offensive line to a certain extent, the way the quarterback does the the RPOs and everything, big part of the, the alleged Matt Canada mm-hmm. offense. <laughs> but what about a complimentary running back? Now think about this for a second. Now you know and I know that this head coach will run the wheels off of anybody and everybody he gets when he, once he believes in them. You've seen it. You've mm-hmm. lived it. Mm-hmm. But you were also – blocking whenever it was the two-man show yeah between Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams true and you and all of your fellow linemen were telling me at the time that you loved the idea that that D. Will would do this go straight down 
slash. Yeah. Uh, go diagonal, go straight. And then Lev would come in and do all the Eddie George. Side and to side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Creating space. And then falling forward for five yards and stuff. And it was like two completely different offenses. Yeah. And that made you guys, mm-hmm. your jobs easier, mm-hmm. in addition to ha- making the defense's job more difficult. Why wouldn't the Steelers consider something? And I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. The reason I'm asking this is because you, you dropped Saquon Barkley there, and I'm thinking, you know what? Cleveland's got a couple of guys. They do. Yes, yes, they do. Okay. And that is a, a high-risk position as far yeah. as getting injured also. I, I go free agency with that more than my picks simply because I, 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 I where they are right now, they need somebody to come in and really get them going to help out as quick as they can. As far as this draft goes, picking a running back 20th overall to me, I think is almost no, a, no, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, no, it's, no it's not a waste. I, if, if there's a third round scat back there that you know and, and believe in, like there's a difference between getting those scat backs, you're like, yeah, he was a good college player, so we took him. Like, no, you need somebody that fits the mold that's going to be complementary to that offense that's going to have Najee as RB1. Right. Not a bad idea because Najee had a he had a lot of carries and that ain't good. A lot of contact. And he stayed up trying to get extra yardage too. not okay for him, man. But uh, if I'm getting on his third round and later, if it's a running back, Saquon, I mean, from anywhere, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Anywhere. Yeah. Get yourself another running back. I love that idea for sure. Um, and I got we're gonna have to go through the free agents at some point as mm-hmm. far as running back say who can actually fit the Pittsburgh mode. Yeah. I don't I don't want to get people hyped for I, say I just type, like though. I like the idea, and I'll tell you what other idea I like is when you're talking about the running game, mm-hmm. pay Juju. Yeah. Um I actually was reading up on Juju recently too. Say so he's probably gonna have to do another one year prove it. I saw that. Another one year proven and, and, man. And it's it's logical. I mean, he's, he's and it not it his is. fault, but he got hurt again. The identity of what this offense is gonna have to rely on is probably the run game and quick game across the middle. Like right now, I think Juju's kidding himself if he's looking at himself as a one. I think Deontay's kind of established that part a little bit. Um, Juju for sure shores up the run game as far as being a guy that can block the edge or, you know, make oh, the uh, yeah. slants across the middle. And then you got Pat Fryermuth, who's also another guy that is a complement to the run game. So it makes sense, man. And, and again, we're going to have to go through this OL one of the time, too, at some point uh, in this offseason because I still got to figure out what's going on with Dotson and, and, and Zach Banner. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a couple things before, before we close out this segment as it relates to the offensive line. Uh, they're committed, I believe, to mm-hmm. Dan Moore at left tackle. Oh, yeah. Okay, they liked what they saw of him. I know everything that you heard from the inside supports that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dotson looks like the guy they want to be the guy at left guard, but he's yeah. got to prove that. Uh, Kendrick Green, I have no idea. I'm just, I just have no idea. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm slow on him simply because he's super young. And, and you, it's, it was Indiana he came from. But mm-hmm. I, I think one, we as a fan base gotta drop the five three from him, fifty-three. You know, as far as expecting him to be Marquise or Damani. Yeah. He's not them. And he's gonna no. have to find his niche in that and, and Matt Canada and the new offensive line coach gotta find what's working for him. Right. 
So the, at right guard, you're going to have to just replace Trey Turner. That's got to be that's got to be stone cold. Yeah. And then at right tackle, you mentioned Chooks. Of course, Chooks is a free agency, but Kevin Colbert surprised a lot of people by saying this week uh, in Indianapolis that they're they're they haven't signed him, but they're they're counting on Zach Banner. Mm. So yeah, I was like, yeah, me too. <sighs> Zach's an interesting piece, man. It's so much that's expected from him because he he has the pedigree. He has the body type. He has the smarts to get the job done. And I'm looking at him like, where are you in the starting lineup? He was missing. And and it's confusing me. I, I'll, I'll have to have a talk with him at some point, man. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for our Slice of Life with Ramon segment. And Ramon, I... I couldn't think of a better subject in this particular week than to bring up the NFL scouting combine in which mm-hmm. you partook. And that had to be just pressure. Packed. It was like it life was. changing. Everything about it is, uh, is, is pressure. Um, but, but a good pressure too, man. And in the sense that one, you're glad to have gotten the invite. Um, two, you get a chance to see all of the guys that are, you know, uh, uh, that you're competing up against, that you're competing against. Um, you get the opportunity to see, honestly, what kind of teams are interested in you. And just the experience was cool, but a lot of pressure because it's so much so quick and you got to perform and then you're out. Like literally when I got done with the field events, boom, I was out. You like know, out, out. just out. Like there was no exit meeting or anything like that. Like, all right, you guys are done. This group is done. Next group up. It was eventful, man. And mine, of course, is 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 marked by my uh, nosebleed before my forty yard run, man. I'll. That was one of the the biggest. Just what in the world moments was there ever, man? Um, but it was a few things. You know, you speak about the pressure of the moments, though. Well, wait, what was it? Yeah. Uh, what, me catching the nosebleed? Yeah. So it's inside Lucas Oil. Yeah. And, of course, the AC is on in there. It's cold, dry. slightly dry Which air. is what causes that, yeah. In the wintertime, my nose get, like, cracked up. It dries. You know the feeling. I'm, uh, I, I used have to have that it. problem when I was a kid, yeah. Yes, so that happens to me. Started in Knoxville where it was a little bit cooler weather for me. You know, at first, like, I never caught a nosebleed before. Ever caught a nosebleed before. Like, it was happening so much. Like, my girlfriend, now my wife, Keisha, was like, is something wrong with you? You know? And then I think we had just saw that movie, The Express, about the player. Uh, I think it was a Cleveland Brown that was just catching nosebleeds. I was like, oh, my God, let's just watch this movie. And. His nose started. His started with a nose leave My dear, what is happening? Oh, you know, so everything's going through my mind. And come to find out, I just you know, just dry nose, dry up. air, yeah, dry air that did it for me. And at the combine, of course, you want to be clear. You sniffing in and just breathing, trying to catch big breaths, and you're already just on t- nerves are on ten to perform. And I'll never forget. I'm walking. I'm walking around, and you know how he is when you catch a nosebleed. I felt warmth. And I tried to sniff up, and mm-hmm. then I wiped my nose. I was like, oh, my. Oh I got an, And I'm tilting my head back <laughs> like, I got a nosebleed. You know, it's, it's one of those moments. And what's so crazy about it, four three sixty on it, is that <laughs> I'm talking to the uh, longtime Steelers scout, Mark, who does the 40-yard time. And I'll never forget. I was like, hey, I got a nosebleed. I got to do something. He's like, well, son, you got to stop it real quick because you're next up, and I think we're live on air right now. 
Here, oh, yeah. it's TV too. Yeah, it you can't mess around. TV, yeah. man. And here I was, oh, no, pressing my nose, trying to stop it. If you look at me, I'm running. I'm slightly got my head tilted back because I'm trying to stop blood from running. Had a, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and and mind you, the biggest, the biggest interview of my life at that time. Matter of fact, I never had an interview at that time. I never worked a job at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports. So uh, that didn't go as planned, and then. Um, my bench wasn't what I needed it to be. I did only like 20, 21 reps or something like that. Benching was never my thing, but I was strong. I just couldn't rep it out like that. And it was just everything was a test the night before. The three teams that I met with at the combine, too, were all my types. I met with Cleveland, Cincinnati, and, and the Steelers. Wow. Born to be in the AFC North. Born to be in the AFC North. What was the dumbest question? <sighs> dumbest question. The I most significant question, and I was just actually asked this on my show here in uh, Nashville. Uh, the most significant question I was asked, and I didn't realize this honestly to after the fact. They ask you stuff to get you, what can we get to jab them in the side? What gets them going? What's going to fluster them a little bit? And the question that was asked to me was, um, how did you guys get Philip Former fired at Tennessee? Ooh, trick question. Yeah. <laughs> loaded yeah. question. Because Coach Former is a respected college football head coach, yeah, Hall yeah, of yeah. Famer, you know, yeah. college football Hall of Fame. And his last year was my last year. And it was, it was a question, I guess, jabbing in my leadership a little bit, you know, because oh, yeah, I was yeah. a senior class. And accusing you of being – participant in a mutiny exactly and the best answer i have for them was it was more of them than it was of us meaning guys that actually went to the league and actually got something going where our team was just riddled with a bunch of young guys that wanted to go out and party and do everything but football football was a platform for them to be popular on campus <laughs> okay. you know what i'm saying it's and college yeah yes that's college and some guys are forget that no you're here to play football so it was those types of things. And it was the Steelers that asked me that question, too. Wow. <laughs> so I'm glad Coach Tomlin has lasted. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, I, I thought it was a fair question. And there was, you know, you're asked a million things, you know, as far as the combine goes. And I didn't expect that to be one of the questions that kind of had me like, what the, what, the, what, what the world is going on, you know? That might be one, if I had to guess, that would have come from, uh, like a, a local scout, like someone who would really know the territory. You know who it was? Go ahead. Kevin Colbert. Oh, no. <laughs> it was Kev. And I remember uh, Mike T was right there. I honestly think B Hunt may have been in the room. I could be off a little bit, but of course it was scouts in the room and stuff like that. Man, uh, it was uh, it was interesting to say the least, man. But it's a blessing to be there. It's, it's a cool event. Um, mine didn't go off as well as I wanted it to go, and luckily it didn't. Because yeah, I was I gonna it. say it. Yeah, <laughs> it worked out all right. Yeah, but what's crazy? I didn't even get a chance to do my pro day either because I caught uh, the flu. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something when you watch these individuals on on television right now, yeah. and there's a part of you that kind of cringes a little bit because mm -hmm. of the meat market component. Yeah. And and then there's another part of you. Uh, that appreciates the undrafted players like yourself who, who've made it. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a third part for me, and that's the Mike Hilton part. Yep. Where you could you could throw Mike Hilton out there right now, mm -hmm. 
at the Lucas Oil Stadium, and he's not going to impress anybody. You know, That's doesn't matter. Going. Doesn't matter. He can play football. And you know what? I'll be real with you. It kind of still irks me a little bit today. One, that guys get the platform because of their names. Like, man, this guy's cold, and you meet him, and you're like, he ain't all that. You know, but you can you can measure everything about what the athlete is. 40, vertical, long jump, three-cone, bench press, weight. But you can't measure, can they put all of those things together at another level and succeed at it? You know, like is they're talking about Kenny Pickett's hands, and they did Joe Burrow the same way. Mm-hmm. Or, or they would say Ben came from a small school and – you know, Marquise was undersized coming out of college. Like, but you can't, or Mike Hilton not even getting an invite. Mm-mm. But it's certain components of comp- competition that needs to be factored in. And I, it's it's a bunch of scouting departments that missed the mark on that stuff. And there's no real way to tell other than getting guys in camp. But to say that they chose another tackle over me for the Steelers that year. <laughs> simply because he went to O-line U as far as his college goes, and he ran just a little bit faster, I look at it still and I chuckle, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's still there. That's why I tell anybody, man, shoot your shot. And when you get them, you take them out whenever you possibly can. Well, you know what, though, Moan? There's a lot of – and I, I appreciate that, and I respect that sentiment from everybody that it comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time – I always find myself just in the in the journalistic sense. Yeah. I always find myself being mindful of the fact that someone did give you that chance. Like there's a lot of that finger wagging. I'll show everybody. I'll show everybody. But you know what? I was actually 10 feet away from Mike Tomlin whenever he and uh, Mike Hilton were having that back and forth. Remember that fun yeah. stuff? That too small, huh? Too small. Hilton's yelling out. Yeah, the, he, over toward Tomlin, he was a, a baby face in his first yeah, camp. Yeah, okay? yeah, and 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 Tomlin would yell back, "Too small!" Like that, <laughs> and it was tremendous. But you know what? Through that process, your head coach, yeah, had an open mind. Yeah, but and, and you know what? That's what you got to appreciate about football too. Mm-hmm. Though, is the idea that. You're going to see how intentional guys are when you put them in those situations of giving them an opportunity. Like a lot of people complain about that, and you're right. The finger wagging, watching me do work. But that's what football, I think, does more than any other sport. Like because when you shrink it down, nobody's really running the 40 except for Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's bench pressing anybody at all. Nobody's running a three-cone drill. Nobody's doing a vertical jump unless it's a jump ball in the back of the end zone. Like, And that's two times a game, possibly, right? So that's where the game really comes into it, to where when the opportunity presents itself, you take full advantage and all of the measurables are out of the conversation, unless it's Mason Rudolph and we're talking about quarterbacks. <laughs> Very well done. Look at that. It's like a tying a bow on the whole episode. <laughs> Moan, let's do that. Let's let's do another one of these next week. And by the let's way, next it. week we might have a, a little bit of a surprise for everyone. A little bit more. A little bit more of a surprise for everyone. Hmm. We'll share. We'll share at that time. At the, yeah. at the appropriate time, as as a certain head coach here <laughs> likes to say, we'll do it at the appropriate time, and it'll be good. Let participation be our guide. We could do this all day. <laughs> ah.
<laughs> what is it when a rubber meets the road, man? <laughs> okay, this is gonna be an episode unto itself. Or come back, come back and watch it. We'll cut your eyelids off. Cut your eyelids off. <laughs>